Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the first ever edition of the Follow Podcast. And what we're praying is an honest and open conversation for people who are actively learning to live like Jesus. And we are in season one, which we're naming Is the Bible a Dangerous Book? right after the series that we're in as a church family. And uh, we're going to get into the Bible and nerd out for a bit today. And with me today, I'm joined by Pastor Jessica Collins. Hey, and everyone. Pastor Jonathan Smith. And hey, friends. They are uh, uh, official Bible nerds, and uh, we, we get to benefit from their Bible nerdity every weekend as they, they lead uh, in, in our teaching and our weekend gatherings. And uh, let me just give you an idea of what we're, we're headed into today. Today's conversation is based on our, our, our first teaching in this series, and we're actually going to be talking about the Bible itself, how mm. it's constructed, what we read uh, the ways that we've learned uh, to enjoy the Bible. And we have some viewer questions or, or church family questions that have been submitted, which we're really excited about. Yeah. And uh, uh, we're just going to jump into it and we're going to talk about talk about the Bible. But first, Pastor Jessica, yep. can you recap Pastor Jonathan's teaching from the weekend oh. just for those who are joining us Today, I like that question. Just like a 30-second, what was this weekend about? I'll say this, Pastor Jonathan, it was a fantastic teach. I learned a lot, and I've read the Bible for a long time. I appreciate it. Three things that stood out to me were those three points you said. The first was the the Bible is dangerously disruptive. This idea that it, it talks about freedom. It talks about equality. And so it has this idea that we're both loyal to the kingdoms that we live in in this world, but ultimately there's a trump card. There's a kingdom if we're following the Bible that we are following, and that's Jesus's kingdom. The second was that it the Bible is dangerously disturbing. So those, uh, those verses that are hard to understand that I have struggled with for years, I love that you kind of fleshed some of those out, Pastor Jonathan, talked about it a little bit. And third one was it's dangerous to ignore. This idea that if the Bible is true— and we implement it into our lives, then it's going to both benefit us and cost us, right? Like we we need to follow it. So I just thought it was such a fantastic teach, Pastor Jonathan. Really, really well done. That's awesome. Uh, uh, love that. We're we're gonna get into some some of those those points throughout today's conversation for sure. But if you haven't watched it, we've got uh, lots of ways you can check it out on our YouTube or our website if you want to check that out. Now I thought it would be fun to start today's conversation with uh, just talking about actual Bibles. So we brought a bunch of versions. Show and share. It's it's show and tell time. Show and share. When I was a kid, it was show and tell. I guess it was show and tell. You're right. Show and and tell. Let's let's go. We're going to rename it show and share. No, you've got some awesome kids. Let's do one after the other. I'll show you one I have. Start with the kids ones because this is pretty cool. The reason I brought kids Bibles was I was a kids pastor a long time ago. I really think that if you um, are starting to read the Bible, maybe you don't understand how to read the Bible, or you're not, sometimes we talk about stories and you're like, I've never heard that story. I think one of the best ways to learn about the Bible is to read a kid's Bible because it's easy and you learn all the characters. So I brought two of my favorite ones that I have um, used over the years with my own kids. I've read them myself and I just think they're really fantastic. I don't know if you've heard this one, The Beginner's Bible. It is a really cool one. It goes over all the characters, all the main stories. You read through this Bible, you're going to understand the Bible in a whole new way. Uh, But the one that I love uh, the one that I use uh, with my family a lot is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Our family has used that. I forget who recommended it to us, uh, but it was a kid's pastor. Isn't it so and beautiful? It's been so good. You know what I love? It Every story points to Jesus, but that, I don't want to get too ahead of us. Today. That is exactly. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes when I'm reading the Bible and getting into those parts that are hard, the harder to understand parts— Thinking about the Jesus Storybook Bible actually really helps me. Mm. Remembering the whole story, this is a narrative, this is a story about what God has done for humanity, and that's what the Jesus Storybook Bible does really, really well. Just kind of paints the picture and ties Jesus throughout the whole thing. So if you're looking, if you might not know the Bible, I'd suggest picking up one of these Bibles, reading through them, or with your family. It's a fantastic resource. Okay, I'm going to go to um, kind of like a next step on this. Uh, and this is Pastor Jonathan. You you brought this book, and if you're hearing some thumping and some noises here as we're talking, it's because we're actually showing and telling. So uh, if you're not watching us on YouTube, you can you can check us out there later if you're just uh, on a run or something. But I'm gonna bring out this Ooh. this honkin book. Uh, this is one of them, I'm, I I love these guys the the, the Bible Project, and uh, they they have this series that is an explainer series that goes to each of the books of the Bible. And this book is like a companion to it. Mm. So it has like the full 
image that the, the 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 video ends on. It has their whole script and even has some of the the notes that they they put together as they were building it. And to me, this is like if you're learning to read the Bible, uh, I, I I point people to this all the time. Uh, we we actually are pointing in this whole series to their How to Read the Bible mm-hmm. series, which is fantastic. But each book. We 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 say this often around here. The Bible was written for us, but not to us. And so, having someone explain a little bit to you uh, what the context was what, mm-hmm. when this was written, what are the major themes to look out for, how does this uh, unpack for us, and what is the the authorship really intending? All, all that stuff. They they do such a fantastic and accessible job. What I love about that one too is the videos that accompany them. Like watching that so four fun. minute video, you yeah. understand the book of yeah. the Bible in such a different way. So I'll often read. I'll often uh, uh, watch those videos before I read a book. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, which one do you got next? Uh, I only have one more left because you had me show the first two together. This is go. my Bible. And nice. so I brought my Bible um, because I like my Bible. I've had it for probably at least 12 years now. I have other Bibles that I use, but um, this is my devotional Bible. So I write in it. I highlight in it. It. Um, this is my Bible. What translation is it? It is NIV, which is interesting NIV. because NIV is not my favorite translation. Okay. So again, I've had it for 12 years, so that's why I have it, but... I, NIV isn't my favorite. This is mine too. I got to show it. Just, it's probably the same thing. My parents got this for me. It has my full there name you, with my oh, middle yours initials. Is fancy. It, it's it's I I. This is the one that I I go to when it's physical Bible time. Yeah. But uh, I I I know Pastor John. Did you do you happen to have your Bible with you? I don't know if you do. Not, not my physical one. My digital one. I'm you away right now. you showed. Yes, yeah, sorry. Tell us about yours. Yes. Oh, uh, sorry. Like I've got a study Bible that uh, would probably be NIV, and again, probably not my favorite translation. But what it, I do like about it is the Greek, Hebrew, and the Aramaic. Mm. That's I can access the language tools that are attached to it. So I've had that for twenty-five years of ministry wow. or so. I, I think I've written more sermons out of that thing, even though it's not my favorite translation. It's a good one. NIV is a very good translation, but. Uh, uh, that's still my go-to study Bible. I love how both of your Bibles are so worn. Like it's <laughs> embarrassingly it's, so. People no. have given me a new Bible and said, "I want to give you a new Bible, Pastor." And I, I'm like, "But I love my Bible." <laughs> I'm kind of feeling feeling a little bit bad that mine is so pristine. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, full disclosure: part of the damage on my Bible was a previous dog of mine named Georgie <laughs> ate half of the cover. There you go. And so your dog uh, it ate looks your Bible. far more impressively used because my dog uh, really hid the word of God in its stomach. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Okay, this is the last one, and I want to get into this. Oh, yeah. This is a, a, a translation and commentary. Um, so this is kind of like, I, I don't know if we're going with like layers of nerdity. This is about as nerdy as you get. Deep down. Um, this is Robert Alter, and he's known uh, for his his work on the poetry and the the artistry and the liter mm. the literal literary composition of the Bible, especially in the Psalms and some of those uh, parts uh, of the Hebrew Bible, so the the Old Testament. And so uh, I've just skimmed the surface on this. I've used this a few times, but I found I found this to be so cool. So I I want to I want to now that we've done show and tell, yep. I want to dive into some of the the value of some of this stuff. So, um, like, what was your first experience with the Bible? Was it one of those Bible books? For me, it was the 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 picture Bible, like the comic okay, yeah. book one. I don't know if you guys have have. Uh, what was your first experience with the Bible? I, you know, so funny. I'm from a different era than you guys. Even uh, we did something called sword drills all the time. Oh yeah, I did sword drills. Oh, you did too. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for anyone listening, you're just going, "What's a sword drill?" Well, it was a term used because the Bible is likened to from Scripture being like a sword, the sword of the Spirit, kind of thing. And we would hold our Bibles in the air, and someone would say Matthew five, verse six, and yes. and then they go swords in the air. <laughs> Okay, go. And you have to find it. Oh, look at them go. Look oh, at them go. go. Who's okay. going to get it? Matthew 5, five verse six. 6. And then you would stand up at the end, right? When you had yeah, it. You'd stand up it. and you'd say the verse and... Blessed, uh, blessed are, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be built. <laughs> I think I was first. I, I think I was know. first. I know. But I kind of cheated. <laughs> so I, I don't think I had picture Bibles. I know that back in my day, there was a Bible that kids often got that had four or five pictures in it that were like oh. the neat parts of it. Yeah. But it was pretty much King right. James Version. 
Oh. So an old English style, and we would memorize that, which is very poetic and beautiful yeah, sounding, yeah. but it was really hard to understand, to be honest to you. <laughs> it is, with yeah. You. yeah. Okay. So what, what, uh, what translation are you reading right now uh, for like Ooh, your own personal reading good. time? Yeah, most often the New Living Translation, and that's probably what I use predominantly in my messages on the weekend, or the message version, which is a paraphrase by Eugene Gibson, yeah. uh, Eugene Gibson, Eugene Peterson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that uh, you know, I really, really enjoy how fresh and uh, the language around it. I find that very compelling mm-hmm. too. That's awesome. How about you? What are you reading? Yeah, I, NLT is my favorite. Um, I, I do teach from it as well. Um, when I'm reading on my own, I, I read NIV because my Bible is NIV, yeah. but I also really like CSB. Uh, so those are the ones I kind of go between, NLT, NIV, CSB. I find them very accessible, um, especially for people who are learning how to read the Bible. They're really, uh, NLT and CSB, really great translations to be starting out on. And maybe, maybe it's worth just unpacking. There's different uh, approaches to translation, right? So uh, a translation could be trying to honor the, the original Greek, mm-hmm. Hebrew, or Aramaic, and trying to get the best English word for each of those words. And sometimes it might be a little clunky in English. So ESV, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. New American Standard yeah. Version. Yeah. These are ones that are more word-for-word translations. Right. right. Uh, the interlinear Bibles, the one that have the Greek and the Hebrew, they're even more word-for-word. Right. And you have to construct the idea. NLT would be an, uh, a idea phrase or idea. an idea-for-idea yeah. idea translation. Yeah. Yeah, so NIV, NLT, the CSB. CSB would be similar for? to NLT. Um, Christian Standard Bible, I think is okay. what it is, right? Okay. Christian Standard Bible. I, I don't know if I've actually yeah. heard for that. Yeah. heard of that one before. Yeah. It's interesting. I, so, I've used the CSB. That's a nice version too. Yeah. yeah. So those are more idea for idea. And so yeah. those are easier for you if you're just trying to read it for yourself at home and, and not trying to unpack the literary components of each word. Uh, okay, that's fantastic. Okay, so what... Um, when you were reading the Bible as a kid, mm. or uh, when did you like dive? Uh, full disclosure: we're we're all Christian home kids, yeah. And so I'm sure this would be really different if you uh, are interested in in Jesus and faith later in your life, and you didn't grow up in a home that shared that faith or or, or was trying to to you know encourage that environment. Um, we we had that environment in our homes. And so I'm sure our parents, like you mentioned, uh, and I, and uh, sorry, King James version, New King James, uh, New King James for me when I was really, yeah. really early on. Um, but what, what is? Let's just jump from from those early days where maybe it was uh, kind of like I don't know if you you probably had moments where your parents were like you have to read the Bible, yeah, right. Uh, when did you start reading the Bible for yourself, and what changed for you in that moment? When did when did you really feel like oh, I'm, I'm this something is. Your your relationship changed from, uh, you know, have to do to get to do, or mm. you got some enjoyment or some spiritual fulfillment out of it. What what changed for you? Maybe Jonathan, you go first. You know, I can remember the moment because uh, my dad gave me uh, the J.B. Phillips translation, mm. and it was a translation that he received when he was like, uh, um, you know, an early adult, like maybe late twenties, early thirties. And it was so revolutionary, uh, akin to like the message version of its day. And it was a book he actually gave my my mother that was instrumental in her coming to faith in Jesus. And wow. uh, when I read it, it was more modern vernacular. It was just so much more accessible. And I remember him giving me his original one. So that kind of meant something to me. This was his. Right. And then as I dived into it, it just became alive. It was like, wow, I, I didn't know that it could be this interesting. And this accessible. So I would have been in my teen years when I began to dive a bit more into the Phillips translation. That was helpful for me. That's awesome. That's That's How about good. you, Jessica? Uh, yeah, my parents took a unique approach, uh, maybe a little bit controversial. <laughs> they uh, started paying us to read our Bible. And so go. instead of an allowance, they gave us $2 a day if we would read our Bible. <laughs> and so that's a lot. Uh, well, actually, it was $1. If you read your Bible and wrote about it, it was $2 if you did it in the morning because, oh. you know, that, that verse about reading it in the Bible. <laughs> so my sister, she did it in the morning all the time. Uh, she was a keener. Uh, but no, I'll say this. It was, it was a different approach, um, but uh, I, know th- I know my Bible. I read right. my Bible. Yeah. 
And then um, I would say um, when it became alive for me was as a teenager, we um, we read scripture in community. So mm. we would sit down, we would we would slowly read through scripture and talk about it, uh, wow. which is which is the way that the early Christians that read is scripture, such right? a rich vein. We I don't and know if I have time to get down on that. I'll say this day, though, yeah. I think it's impacted the way I teach too, uh, okay. because just those early formative years uh, reading scripture as community has has just been deeply formative to me. I so love what, what reading did that scripture. Look like? how, how do you read scripture in community? We did it in groups, so we okay, would like um, small group. Yeah, like we what were, we call community groups. Like what we would call community groups. We would sit and we would read scripture and we would talk about it and break it down slowly. As like opposed verse to by verse, verse by verse, we'd oh, read a chapter so cool. together. Yeah, so those were two huge um, influencers in my formation. Now, uh, if you ever get a chance to, to run that experiment, if you have a group of friends who are willing to do that, I would so highly recommend that. Mm. That is such a beautiful practice. Uh, that is that is so cool. Um, for me, I, I remember I would read like a chapter a day. I, I remember there was like uh, in the back of one of my Bibles there was like reading plans. That yes, were listed. I remember those. And I remember trying like I'm I've got I've got uh, a tenacity gene in me where I want to accomplish things, I want to finish things. And so for me, when I saw those, I was like, okay, I'm gonna read a plan. And I remember like so many times trying to start the Bible in a year plan. And and then <laughs> I remember <laughs> like <laughs> seeing the amount you had to read in a day. I was it was overwhelming. So I just I, I opted for a chapter a day. But I remember I was ticking boxes. Mm. And at some point, I got frustrated because I would be falling asleep. I would be like zoning out, just not mentally being able to to connect with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read until I hit an idea and I'm going to stop. And I didn't realize how profound a change that yeah. would be for me. I was trying to give myself a break, but I was actually really helping myself connect to the Bible in a way that it was transformative for me. Yeah. I, remember, I, I remember reading <laughs> like a paragraph and that was it. And that idea hit me. And I remember just sitting there and being like, wow. And and just like that was enough. And actually spending a little bit of time just thinking about it was so much more transformative than the volume I was trying to consume previously. Um, so that was me. I, I'm curious now, what do you do for Bible reading right mm. now? Uh, and Jonathan, we'll start with you again. What are you doing with your like you're like uh, are you still waking up getting paid two bucks in the morning to <laughs> <laughs> yeah no nobody's paying me for that. <laughs> uh, you know I, I probably mix it up often like uh i know that there are people who thrive in routines and i like i thought my, my older sister was the one who was really influential in getting me uh, anchored to the word and she's such a disciplined routine person who thrives with structure and all of that and I can be bored with it uh, fairly quickly. And so I, you know, I focus on the difference between a routine and a habit for me. Mm-hmm. And I, they might sound very sim- similar or maybe just even um, some semantics, but not in my mind anyways. A routine has sameness attached to it. Habits have uh, focus. And uh, I make it a habit to have God's word as a part of my life every day. So it's looked different in different seasons. I've had seasons where... I've taken one chapter from Romans and spent a month in that chapter. Mm, wow. I've had days, uh, years where I've journeyed through one book. Mm. Uh, I've done that with Luke before. I've done that with a number of the different books. I've had a year where I've read through the Bible. I've done, I've done chronology. I've done different versions, and I think I need it for my personality type to keep it fresh. It's like not cooking the same meals every night. Some people okay. love the predictability <laughs> of that. Yeah. I prefer different stuff on the menu. So I have to be creative. And I don't think we've ever lived in a season with access to more creative ways to read the scripture than we do right now. And I'm so thankful for those digital tools and other things that help. That's awesome. How about you, Jessica? What are you you reading right now? Uh, Yeah. So I go through different years doing different things. Um, I'll be honest, not every year do I read the Bible every single day. And I know that's shocking from a pastor. Now, I will say I meditate on the Word every day, um, Mm -hmm. but I don't... uh, There have been years where I don't read the Bible every day. This is a different year. So other years I focused on one book or one section of the Bible. For a whole year. Yeah, the whole year. Wow. And just kind of dived into and that's, it. Is that a decision you make in January and you're like, I'm going to stick with it? Usually in September, to be honest. Okay, I okay. Start, I'm a school kind of year person, okay. so I'll start in September. But this year, what I did was I have committed to reading the Bible chronologically. And that's so cool. this is only the second time in my whole life I've ever done it. And um, it's been it's been challenging 
It's been really challenging to read the Bible every day. There have been many days that I've skipped and had to go back. Or um, I'm following, though, um, it's called The Bible Recap. It's a great resource. Um, Is that a podcast? It's a podcast, yeah. And so you read the the Scripture, and it's actually all chronological, which I really like. So you read the Scripture, and then you listen to the podcast. It's it's helped keep me focused. I'm somebody, I think, that really loves to read the Bible in community. So that has really helped me. So that's why I'm doing this here. That's awesome. I love how each of you have... Uh, a spark of your personality is changing how you engage with scripture, which uh, I think when I was a kid, I would find that to be a weakness in myself. Like I thought I was doing it wrong when I saw other people read a certain way. And I thought, yes. oh, I should the be guilt, reading it like right? them. Yeah. Well, Matt, I loved when you pulled out that Hebrew uh, translation that you have. Yeah. And uh, I know that author, I know that uh, scholar, and he does dive on the artistic side yeah. of the yeah. Old Testament. And I just thought, isn't that, interesting that Matt is interested in that. Yeah. You know, you you lead our creative team. You're so creative and the arts are so important in your family. Of course, you're going to lean in. And I really encourage people, yeah. lean into those passion pieces that fuel. Some people love the order, structure, and directness of the Apostle Paul. Right. <laughs> Other people prefer uh, some of the uh, honest, authentic, less flowery language of the Apostle Peter. And it doesn't mean you shouldn't read both of them. Mm-hmm. Or the but romance of John. <laughs> I like passion pieces that do spark interest because you want to maintain interest in Scripture. Yeah. Right, right now, just to follow up uh, on my my obsession with the Bible, the, the Bible Project, I, I, <laughs> I actually, uh, they launched a new app last year, and I was just curious about it. So when I finished the plan that I was reading, which I'm, I'm blanking on right now, I can't remember what I was reading previously, but when I finished that, I actually just tried out their app and I'm listening to their podcast and stuff, mm. which ended up being kind of like a, a little bit like what you're doing, Jessica. It's, it's got a little bit of their um, their commentary in the podcast that's following along as they're releasing different elements. But I'm it's that's kind awesome. of like reading the Bible from Genesis on. And I think they're going to stick mostly right now with the, the, the original writings of Moses or the Torah, the, the first five books of the Bible. So I'm, I'm in the middle of that. I, I think it, I'm in... Uh, Deuteronomy now. Okay. Yeah. So um, I didn't get I didn't get hit by Leviticus at that hard. So <laughs> that's <laughs> reference, the hard one. Reference you to just the get weekend. Through it. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on on Bible in a year? Um, yeah. You you've each tried to do it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, so we we've all completed it. Okay. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um. What What are your thoughts? Should Should people want to do that? Is that something? You know. I'll jump in. Uh. I'm doing it this year um, because I, I felt like I needed to. I felt like God was calling me to it. To be honest, I don't think that people should strive to read the Bible in a year. Um, I think that Scripture is much more um, accessible to us and understandable when we slow down our pace. So, uh, no, I'd say like there's great value to reading the Bible in a year. There's also great value to reading the Bible in 10 years. Um, right. So. I think it's a, it's a balance. I, I've only done it once before. I'll do it this year, and I probably won't do it for many years, I'm thinking. How about you, Jonathan? Yeah, I, I think um, the, the danger is, of course, valuing quantity over yeah. the quality of the experience right. because uh, when you get on a plan like that, it's unrelenting. <laughs> and depending where your tenacity level is, <laughs> it could become a noose around your neck over time. Yeah. I do think there's value, much to what you talked about, Pastor Jessica, there is value because the scope of the full story uh, is a part of that yearly one. If you're going to engage in it, though, there are certainly plans that will help you read a little bit from the Old Testament and the New Covenant, mm-hmm. the New Testament pieces that could be very helpful to keep it fresh as opposed to powering through certain books at a time and front to back. Right. Uh, I think there's value in that diversity of kind of diet of the genres you're reading on any given day. But for what you said, Pastor Jessica, it's not something I recommend all the time. I think it can be very helpful. I just think it's uh, also it can become very distracting depending on the person. Yes. Yeah. I, I did it. I think the the best experience I had was following along with Nikki Gumbel, who's mm. a, a, a leader in the UK. Uh, he kind of pioneered the Alpha Course. Um, he does a Bible in a Year podcast. And I actually found it really helpful because I could do it uh, through reading or through audio. So the days where I was like, I didn't leave myself enough time, I could be doing dishes and doing my my, my listening at the same time. And uh, everyone has a little bit of a, 
um, uh, it has the readings, but also has a devotional thought from Nikki and 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 uh, which I thought was so helpful for me. If I can jump in on that, it's funny you bring that particular podcast up, Matt. I, I just was talking to my brother-in-law. Both you would know him, but uh, he he just did that Nikki Gumble and through the year podcast, and it was so transformative for him, oh, largely oh, because he's not it's not much of a reader. Right. He's married to my sister, who's a literary person who can't get enough reading. And he's an engineer by nature. It's not that he can't read and do well, but but he's uh, it's not his thing as much. And that podcast, to me, he's talked over and over how helpful that's been for him. So I'm just uh, jumping on the back of it because if you're not a reader, uh, then you need another way to consume God's Word. Yes. Uh, not saying that you shouldn't read, but the fact is remove as many thresholds as you can yes. uh, to uh, allowing God's Word to get into you. Now it's interesting that you mentioned that because uh, I think I think we can often say that or think that there's a better way to read than others. Yeah, we can put some some of them against each other. Uh, reading in community is actually the way the early followers of Jesus experienced yeah. the Bible. Not everybody could read, and so often you would read to those whoever could read would read for those who who could not. And they would they would actually get through sometimes a whole book at a, or a whole chunk of text at a time. I, I think there is a beauty in hearing the context of an entire yeah. chapter or an entire book, especially some of the 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 letters in the New Testament. Hearing and we've done that at some of our Sunday night events where we've read through Scripture and responded to it in one evening. That's the context where a lot of that stuff happened. Um, so I'm going to let that one go, but let me ask you just one follow-up question. Digital versus print. Is is my phone actually count as a Bible? <laughs> I, personally, I love print. I love, but I'm a person that I don't read digital books either. I love holding a book. I love reading it. So for me, I love having a, a physical copy of it, but I love digital copies too, because when I'm out and about and when I'm trying to pull up a verse or when right. I, often when I'm studying, I'm using a digital copy for, for teaching purposes. Sure so makes sword drills a lot easier, right? And so much easier. <laughs> Let's try. <laughs> How about you, Pastor Jonathan? You know, I probably would land, I, I'm very much like Pastor Jessica. I like uh, print uh, because I mark so much stuff up. Um, and I think I, I enjoy it a lot, but I would say this, uh, digital is helpful if that's the way you're going to consume it, great. Yeah. Uh, right. Audio is helpful if that's the way you're going to consume it, great. The print is helpful if that's the way you're going to consume it, great. Uh, there are different levels you can click down of nerdiness, of connection yeah. and writing and uh, uh, with Scripture. But uh, the best Bible is the one that's used. Right. So right. whatever version is used, but... I'm more print because I like the tactile nature of it and probably the ability to mark it up. I think that there's a saying like the cheapest car you can own is the one in your driveway. <laughs> uh, the 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 best Bible, Bible to is read the is the one that you have. Let's capture that. That's fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I've got a couple questions that just out of out of our conversation here. I, I want I'm curious about um, how you you mentioned this earlier, Jessica, about how you felt God was leading you to reading the whole Bible. First of all, I'm just curious what that felt like. Uh, what is it? What does it feel like for God to lead you to read? Uh, uh, like what? Like yeah. No. How did you sense that God was leading you to read something? No, that's a really good question, Pastor Matt. Uh, I think the the Holy Spirit often speaks to me um, in just like in a calm voice and a feeling. Um, I've known that uh, he wants me to dive a little bit deeper. It's probably has a lot to do with I teach a lot. And right. so um, I'm communicating and explaining the Bible to a, a wide range of people. And so I just felt like in this season, he wanted me to go a bit deeper and immerse myself in the story. Um, so it was more of a feeling, more of a, like, I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to us constantly. And it totally, was just something yeah. he was just constantly putting on my heart that I should be reading the Bible this year. So I embraced it, and I'm trying. It's not easy, I'll tell you that. But yeah. it's it's been that way. I'm always curious when 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 I hear someone say, "I felt like God was telling me." I'm like, "How did He tell you?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm just. That's curious. a great question, though, because uh, people yeah. are always wondering that, right? Totally. Now, so how do you avoid reading only the stuff that you love? Like, I I, I love U Version Bible app, and I love the community aspect of that. Uh, I I I was reading plans on there. 
for a lot. And I would see my friends or those in our community who are reading and the stuff that they were highlighting. And, and sometimes I would notice certain friends would be reading the same subject all the time. And I'm just curious, how do we push ourselves to the corners that are going to challenge us? Mm. How do we avoid just reading the cuddly scriptures that will make us feel good? Any, any thoughts on that? I don't know if the Bible in a year has yeah. been part of that for you. I, I would push and say, I think we need to read the Bible in, uh, in books. So like there's been one year I've read all of Matthew or I've read all of Romans. I think that kind of protects, um, rather, I would, I would never pick up my Bible, open it, and just find something to read. I feel like um, there's really great benefit to being in the Word of God and in, in a chapter or in a, in a passage. So that's probably how I would push. I'd say make sure that you're reading a chapter, or, sorry, a book of the Bible rather than just picking, because there are those verses that we all love, right? Pastor Jonathan, you said some of them. They're warm, they're fuzzy, they make us feel good. Those are the ones that actually the Holy Spirit brings to mind often when I'm going through difficult right. things. But when I'm sitting down to study, I think that we should be um, progressing through a book or progressing through some sort of plan so that we we don't fall into that trap. Any, I, I, I think it, you referenced something there, Pastor Jessica. Like We need to remember when we're reading, the chapters and verses were added later. Mm, and they yes, were only so added to help you navigate. But like um, letters, uh, we're thinking of Paul, Paul's epistles in particular, are to be read in a setting. They're, they're a letter. Yeah. And uh, so I, I would be with Pastor Jessica leaning towards letter or full document readings. So not necessarily in one setting, time matters, all of that kind of stuff. But I probably would be inching myself through that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of chuckling when you said, uh, Matt, how do you, uh, Pastor Matt, how do you, uh, you know, avoid all the, you know, the warm parts that you really like? And I think I was just laughing only because I'm not really attracted to the warm, fuzzy parts. (laughs) I'm more attracted to the melancholy mystery parts, the like Ecclesiastes is my favorite book of the Bible for a reason. <laughs> and so I have to lean in to, to say, oh, those warm, fuzzy parts, they're good too. <laughs> you need them yeah. too. I, I you, like the high challenge <laughs> parts. You like wrapping yourself in a blanket of misery. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I, that I feel <laughs> challenged, that I feel like, yeah. oh, you, you know, Jonathan, you got to keep, you know, whatever it is. I love the challenge part more than the, the comfort part. But that's personality again. Now, I've heard you mention this, Pastor Jonathan, and I really I want you to, to unpack this a little bit. Speaking of the, the parts that challenge you, you have this practice when you're reading the Bible. When something challenges you, what do you do and why? Explain that to us a bit. Well, I try to do physical practices as cues when I'm, when I'm doing a, a lot of stuff in life. And so one of my physical practices is when I'm reading scripture and something bugs me, because there are stuff that bugs me there, uh, stuff either I don't understand, stuff I do understand, <laughs> and that it really bothers me. I have a habit, and it's a discipline. I push back woo, from the Bible from me, and I want it distant from me in that moment because I'm, I create space for me to ask, and I ask myself this simple question, why does that bother you, Jonathan? Because I feel like I have a gift moment. Uh, the Holy Spirit is revealing something Good. or I'm revealing something on me that's not aligned to God's kingdom. Or so I ask myself, are you misunderstanding something here? Or the problem that is that you do understand, you just don't like it. Mm-hmm. And that, that process has been so helpful for me. So I physically do something in those moments. So I don't just race by something, I ponder it and I'll stay on it until I can figure out why is this, why is this niggling at me and what, what do I need to do about it? And I'll even journal around that. And sometimes sermons come from that, those moments. Mm, that's, that's good. good. That's anything, great practice. Anything that you do around that? Like I forget the wording from the, this weekend, but the dangerous parts of the Bible. Yeah. Is there anything that you do when you, when you encounter something like that? Just, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe flip the page. I'm going to start practicing some of that though, Pastor Jonathan. That's gold. That's good. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, having heard, heard that from you and maybe a couple other uh, voices, I've, I've started to try and even just notice when I'm trying to skip something. Yeah. And I'm trying to say, why does this bug me? Why does this bug me? What, 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 uh, what value am I adopting either from my culture, my upbringing, from, from the relationships around me, from the pressures I feel elsewhere? And how, how has that shaped me in a way that doesn't fit what I'm reading right now? And it's either I'm misunderstanding it 
or uh, I'm bringing a paradigm to the Bible where I'm trying to squeeze it into my paradigm. Yeah. Matt, Matt, I like how you're talking about this because I know Pastor Jessica's talked about this in some weekend gatherings when she's teaching, and it's really important we all know we come with a bias when we're reading Scripture. Yep. And we come, I, I'm a westernized Christian. Um, I'm Caucasian, I'm male, I'm middle-aged. I'm bringing all of that to my reading part. And I need to remember when I'm reading, and we'll touch on it in one of these weekend messages, that it was written, again, as Matt, you said earlier, uh, it was written not to us, but for us. And so that means it was written to a specific people or person in a specific culture at a specific time. And I'm not in any of those spaces. Right. Right. So... Uh, it's very dangerous to read into scripture from a 2023 mindset, especially westernized Canadian mindset, uh, because we're not in that culture. We're not at that time. And it wasn't directly written to me. And I think you acknowledging even your biases is so helpful when you begin to read scripture. Uh, Cause a lot of errors happen, not from reading, but reading it poorly. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I hope that helps you as you're reading the scripture. That you, you these there's a lot of things here that might have connected with you, and it might might. Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know we're we're really praying that some of this will just help some of our own church family be more curious about the Bible. Or if it's been a hard experience for you to read it on your own, maybe you'll you'll just give it another shot. Um, now we're going to jump into some questions that we've we've received, which is exciting, and you can continue to submit those on our website if you're watching this later. Uh, we're, we're, we're in 2023 in March. And so you have till March 26th, uh, to, to submit questions before they'll make it into one of these, uh, uh, podcast moments. Uh, and we're going to try and incorporate as many of these questions. Now, some of these questions we're just going to take, if we've seen like three or four questions that are similar, we'll, we'll roll them into a, a summary question. And we got one of those, um, we got one of those today and it's talking about the order of the Bible. Mm. So we're going to spend a minute talking about that. And uh, this one is from Darrell. And this was actually in our chat room online in the weekend uh, that we caught it. So why is the Bible as it, it, sorry, why is the Bible as it is printed now, not in chronological order? Is there a reason behind Mm. this and who came up with that order? So anyone want to jump in and, and kick it off with, 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 the, with some of that? I mean, I, I can jump in. There's a really easy answer to this. Um, and that is that all of the books of the Bible are organized around the genres of literature. And, uh, you know, as we talked about on the weekend, this book of 66 ancient documents written by 40 different authors over the course of like 1500 years, 14 to 1500 years. Uh, it's like walking into a library and you have different genres and sections in that library. You don't have the fiction books mixed with the nonfiction books. You don't have the poetic books mixed with the encyclopedias because they're very different genres and you wouldn't read them the same. So what the people organize the scripture, and that's a whole different talk at some point in time, but you have the books of the law in the New Testament, the Pentateuch, the first five books. You go into the historical groupings of books. You go to the uh, prophetic uh, groupings of books or the wisdom literature, poetry, then the prophetic. In the New Testament, you have the Gospels. You have one historical book. You have all these letters and you have one prophetic book. And so they're organized around the genres so that when you're reading in it, you're reading in the same genre. But it's not chronological. And that's where a lot of the confusion happens. Even with like, you look at the book of Acts and a lot of Pauline epistles are embedded in different chapters of the book of Acts and the account historically. Hard to know though, when you're, when you're just reading it linear fashion in the way it's laid out now, but that's why it's not chronological though. It was meant to help by keeping the genres in cohesive connected uh, portions. Good answer. I I think one of the the really interesting things is that this is, uh, this is literary work as opposed to historical work. And uh, so the Bible is trying, has an end in mind, and it's not necessarily trying to capture as accurately as possible the way the accounts of history happen. It's trying to impress on us something, tell us about God, who he is, and what he wants to do with humans. And so when you you read, that's why uh, even Deuteronomy, uh, I'm in right now, the opening talks about 
how Moses is standing near the tabernacle. And then you read, I forget how many chapters, eight or nine chapters, and then you have that moment again. It's like, did we just like, didn't that already happen? But it, it, it's actually a literary design to show you there's three movements here and they're tied together. And the, the author is trying to connect you to what happened here is connected to what happened here. The organization of it is actually trying to communicate something. And that's something yeah. that you can't do on a cursory read. Even sometimes it's hard to even see that, oh, that's the same moment in time. You can feel like 40 years went by and it's coming back to the same moment. Uh, or sometimes it, it displaces the order. It tells a story from later and then it comes back to a moment. And so um, even even trying to or- organize the books in order is is kind of a tough question to ask because even within a book, sometimes there, it's not even in order itself. I don't know. That's something that I found. Yeah. It's help, help, been helpful to me. The other thing I just... Oh, go ahead, Pastor Jonathan. Uh, I was just going to say, it's a little like a movie that flashback uh, has flashbacks yes. throughout it. For some personalities, this drives them nuts because right. they're like trying to connect like, <laughs> hey, I thought we were here, now we're back here. Uh, but it's building drama. It's reinforcing something. And just like all the different genres reveal the comprehensive nature of a very complex God and a beautiful God, uh, and it's different genres that help reveal that, uh, I think this, the simplicity of Scripture is that anyone can read it and access it. Yeah. The complexity of Scripture is that it is hard to understand for some of the reasons you just mentioned, Matt. Even the genres, some of the historical books will have a little poetic section. Some of the poetic books have a little historical section. So even inside of each book, there's sometimes a mixture of genres, even though the lion's share might be historical or prophetic in nature. Mm. And again, this can be a little confusing, but these are all literary devices that in the ancient culture was common and less common sometimes in our modern culture. Yeah, and we're not reading all the, the authors that they're reading and writing in context with, right? Okay, so what about what about the books that, get chosen to be included mm. and not included. I don't know, Jessica, I don't know if you can jump in and, and chime That's in on this. That's a great question. Just going back to it, I think it's helpful for us to understand also that the Bible is a story about God. It's not a story about people. Right. So God is telling his story through people. And so that's why we have all sorts of different characters in the Bible and all these main characters and minor characters. But in the end of the day, the, the main character is God and this is his story. And so it that fights against the his, the chronological a little bit because He's going to tell his story throughout humanity. Humanity right. functions in a in a timeline, but God doesn't. God doesn't sit in our timeline, right? So, just helpful for us to understand that um, that this is a story about God, not about people. Um, your question, sorry. Yeah, just jumping into, uh, we had a few questions around this, where like the Book of Enoch, or or even like who, who oh, are the yeah. people sitting at the table and deciding what gets in and gets out, and then that shaped the Bible that we're holding today. Who who got to sit at that table and? Yeah, I think it's helpful to note that it was done in community. So not one specific person decided what types of books the Bible were going to make it. There was a process to go through how they were going to find books in the Bible. There was a community that sat around and discerned that. I I love that idea that discernment happened within community. It wasn't just one person deciding on those types of things. And then there was things that that had to happen before they would a book would make it into the canon of the Bible. Pastor Jonathan, anything? I know you're a history nerd. Yeah, Yeah, jump in. I know you're gonna. Yeah, no, like, I mean, the Old Testament is very different than the New Testament, but how we form the actual Christian Bible we have today, and I know there's a Protestant version mm-hmm. and a Catholic version, and I think uh, with the additional books of the Apocrypha, but like the the process in the Old Testament, I think, Matt, you can grab some of that, sure, but yeah. the process of actually forming which ones were going to be included Uh, A lot of that was determined, again, I like the word community that Pastor Jessica used, because it was no individual scholar, no individual religious leader that determined these books are in, these books are out. There were a number of moments where the the then-known world uh, uh, believers and the leaders and the theologians and the pastors and all of those gathered in those moments and they drew from all of the years of the early church and the history of the church to determine. And I believe the Holy Spirit was involved in all of this to help determine which bio, books of the Bible or the documents should be included in what they call the canon of Scripture, which means really what they deem to be the inspired Word of God. And uh, just as God used people in penning Scripture, 
that he breathed on them, that there's this aspect of in community, we determine these are the books that tell the story of God and his interactions with his creation and his people and his great redemptive plan. And so those books were sealed. There's been a number of times in church history where they came and they, that was challenged and they came back and, uh, uh, they, uh, the, at the different summits that they gathered in, they would reaffirm and determine that, no, these are the inspired words, uh, that are to be canonized. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think that's, uh, it's really helpful for us to keep that in mind, uh, that, that the community aspect, it's how we read it. It's, it's how it was, yeah. was experienced, uh, even how it was chosen. Um, yeah, it's so good. And I think even in the early church, uh, you can see that even even early writings or letters were being counted as scripture because of reference to in what we, we read as scripture, even right there. Like, uh, I think it's Peter referencing the works of Paul as scripture. And he says they're hard to understand. <laughs> so you're not alone <laughs> if sometimes you get lost in some of Paul's Paul's writings. A couple of books, if anyone's really interested in this, is From God to Us by Norman Geisler. He'd be one of the great New Testament theologians. That uh, From God to Us is a great book about how Scripture was formed and the Bible that you actually hold in your hand was formed. And also F.F. Bruce, a uh, great theologian. And, and the title of his book is just called The Canon of Scripture. And they go through all of the different summits, all of the different methods, and how this came to be. Uh, is a very thorough reading of that. And if that's helpful for some, because maybe you're getting stuck on, on wanting to understand that, uh, you know, go follow, follow your doubts, follow your right. questions mm, good. Uh, so you can mine more truth. That's always helpful. Cool. So just jumping back, we mentioned about the, the Hebrew Bible or the, what I like to think about, I'm always so curious about the Bible that Jesus had. Yeah. So when he's talking about the scriptures, uh, he's talking about, these three groupings that would have been scrolls and they'd been in a synagogue behind these beautiful wood, uh, I forget what they're called, but uh, a bookcase and they would be pulled out and read in community each week at, at in and uh, as part of the, the Sabbath gathering moments. And uh, we, we see Jesus reading in those moments uh, uh, and some of those, some of the most profound moments of his, his ministry Um and so the the books, if you read them in the Hebrew order, are actually different than the Christian order, uh, and they're grouped into the three collections: the books of Moses, the Torah. When we say the Torah, we're actually referencing the, only those five books. Now, colloquially, when you say the Torah, sometimes that can mean everything in the Hebrew Bible, uh, just like we say Bible. Uh, sometimes it can be, be uh, referenced that way. That's like Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. But then they, there's a second grouping, the prophets. Uh, I don't know if, if I can pronounce this right. The Nevaim or mm. Nevaim. Uh, Pretty good. Okay, okay. I don't have the the Hebrew training or whatever. But those are the uh, grouped into four books, and this is where I think it's really interesting uh, because the literary design and even some of the compilation is written into some of these orders. So where one book ends, sometimes there's a reference that's followed up and in the very first chapter of the next book. And it's almost like to be continued uh, or like episodic TV where sometimes there's a plot line that gets left dangling and gets picked up right at the beginning of the next book. So Joshua judges are each their own book. And then the books of Samuel are one book and the book of Kings, books of Kings are one book. And then, um, then there's uh, the latter prophets. uh, uh, All of them are are collected in that section. I'm not going to go through all of them. You can like, you can Wikipedia this. It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. And then the last grouping is the ketuvim, the writings. And so uh, often you even hear Jesus say the law and the prophets. Uh, he's probably referencing everything, but the law and the prophets would be those first two sections, the Torah, the Nevaim, and then the ketuvim are these writings, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Job, Song of Psalms, uh, and then even some of the story storybooks, uh, Ruth and Esther. Uh, uh, some of those ones are connected in there. Um, and then the, the, the Hebrew Bible is, I find it interesting, ends with Chronicles. And so it's kind of like a summary point mm-hmm. of what happened. Uh, so that, I mean, there's different, different collections at different times, but that's the, one of the most common ones. Uh, so you can, you can, if you want to nerd on that, I think actually I will probably, when I finish what I'm reading right now, 
try rereading the okay. scripture uh, in the Hebrew order just to see if I can pick up on some of those those uh, design elements that, that are included there. What a cool way to read scripture the way Jesus had read it, right? Yeah, what a cool I'm, experience. I've, I've, I'm, I'm excited to do yeah. that. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up now. I, I'd encourage you guys if you have any questions, uh, please head over to onechurch.to and uh, submit a question. And if you if you miss that opportunity, hopefully uh, you'll still engage with a lot of the questions we have. Last last thoughts just before we close up, Pastor Jonathan. Hey, I, I'm just thinking of anyone who's uh, listening and thinking, uh, man, I really want to pick up on what Pastor Jessica started earlier in our podcast about the power of reading a community. And maybe maybe you'd be interested in just starting a community group that just read scripture together. Uh, and uh, there's something about having different genders, generations, and cultures, uh, seeing it from slightly different vantage points that could be so helpful and also corrective at times and very yeah. encouraging a lot of the times. So uh, I really think some of you, instead of wishing uh, and instead of being at a place of shoulda, woulda, coulda, why, why, why not consider right. yeah. jumping in and maybe reaching out to our, our team here? Uh, you can always email us at info at onechurch.to and just express a, a desire to start maybe a reading group. I think it would be very healthy. It can be helpful habit to form uh, as you head into the rest of this year. Last thoughts, Pastor Jessica. Yeah, I'll jump on that and say, and we have resources that we can help you with. So if that's something that you're wanting to start, our team would love to come alongside of you. I'm thinking of uh, families here too. Reading scripture with our families and community is such a beautiful thing um, to be doing. And so that can be as simple as sitting at dinner and opening the Bible and mm. reading a verse or two, talking about it as a family, and then the next day picking up that chapter and reading the next verse. Uh, but this is something so powerful that we can do for our family's help. I know that my parents set up scripture reading for me that did last into my lifetime. So parents, that's something that we can do that it's a real gift we can give our kids uh, to be able to have the, the Word of God accessible in their lives so that the Holy Spirit can use it to lead them. Jonathan, Jessica, thank you for being with us today on the first ever follow Woo! podcast. Uh, we're, we're really excited about what God's going to do through this season mm -hmm. of this and uh, who knows where it's going to take us but uh, thanks for being along the journey with us we hope you'll join us on uh, as we continue with episode 2 next week and uh, send in those questions we, we want you to be very much a part of this conversation yeah. okay have a great week see you later